Good morning. I've loved this congregation for a long time. It's a joy for me to worship with you on any particular Sunday, and it's certainly a privilege to stand in this pulpit today. When I accepted Patrick's invitation to preach today, I had no idea that I would be standing here on the Sunday between the great Paul Roberts and the great Ted Wardlaw. (laughs) Be that as it may, please know that I am grateful and humbled to stand here this Sunday to bring us all a gentle reminder of who we're called to be. Please pray with me. Gracious and eternal God, by the power of your spirit, may your words strengthen our faith and illumine our witness for you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. As an educated Jew, Paul understands kindness in the tradition of God's hesed, God's mercy and compassion, God's loving kindness extended to God's people. And knowing that God delights in steadfast love and justice and righteousness for God's whole creation, the letter to the Ephesians to the early church challenges God's people across time, even us, to live in ways that reflect new life in Christ. So hear now the word of God from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, through chapter 5, verse 2. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering to the sacrifice of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to tell you a story. It's a true story that comes from the Midwest in the early 1900s. A merchant had two sons. They were identical twins, and they went to the same college together. Their lives were entwined. They enjoyed each other's company. And after college, they returned to work in the store with their father. They never married. 
When their father died, the brothers formed a partnership and worked happily together for years and years. One day, a customer came into the store and purchased something from one of the brothers. Instead of putting the dollar in the cash register, the brother laid it on top of the register and walked out the front door with the customer for a brief conversation. When he returned, the dollar was gone. He asked his twin brother if he had seen the dollar, and his twin said no, that he had not seen a dollar on the cash register. And about an hour passed, and he went back to his brother, and he said, hey, about that dollar, I know I left it on the top of the cash register. Are you sure you didn't see it? The brother who left it on, this, on the register would simply not let it go and constantly insisted that the other twin must know something about it. It got to the point that every time they talked about it, they would get into an intense argument and old, angry feelings would emerge. So much hostility surfaced over this one dollar that they, they broke up their partnership. They divided the building in half and built a wall right down the middle between them. It was a devastating experience for that whole community, that small community, as each brother continued in hatred toward the other. Well, early one morning, a car drove up and parked in front of the store, and a well-dressed gentleman got out of the car and came into the store and asked the man behind the counter how long he had been in business there. After he told him he'd been in business there about um, 20 or so years, he said, well, I have an old score to settle with you, for my conscience will not allow me to rest until I've done it. He said, about 20 years ago, I came into this town in an empty car on the railroad. It was during the Depression. I was hungry. I had not eaten for three days. And as I was passing the store, I saw a dollar on the cash register, and I took it and used it to buy breakfast. Now, I was raised in a Christian home, and I knew it was not right to steal. And I've come here today to give the dollar back and to pay whatever damages you assess. He saw the old man was shaking and tears filled his eyes. And the old man said to him, would you step around the corner and tell this story to that man on the other side? And he went around the wall and noticed the man there looked very much like the man he had just been talking with. And he told him the story. And both men stood there weeping. Just think about all the hatred, hostility, and pain those brothers caused each other and the whole community over that missing $1 bill. Our text today calls us as Christians to live a different kind of life, to live out our new life in Christ, to live by the new standard we are given in our baptism as we are called to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. 
Who are the people you remember as you think back over your life? Is it not those people who were kind to you? People who had your back, people you knew were on your side, a grandparent, a teacher, a nearby neighbor, maybe even a stranger at the grocery store or a friend from church. I believe it was Maya Angelou who said, I've learned that people will forget what you said, they will forget what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Martin Marty told the story of two boys. One became a dictator and one became an archbishop. The story goes like this. In a country church of a small village, an altar boy was serving the priest at Sunday mass and he accidentally dropped the cruet of wine. And the village priest struck the boy sharply on the cheek and in a gruff sound said, leave the altar and don't come back. That boy became the dictator Tito. In the cathedral of a large city, an altar boy serving the bishop at Sunday mass accidentally dropped the cruet of wine. And with a warm twinkle in his eye, the bishop leaned over and whispered to him, someday you will be a priest. And the result was this boy took his first steps from being an altar boy to becoming Archbishop Fulton Sheen. What a contrast in what happened to two young boys in the community of faith. One received hostility from a follower of Christ and one received kindness from a follower of Christ. The letter to the Ephesians is a compelling retelling of the story of God's grace and God's power. And it calls us, the church, to live lives worthy of that divine grace and compassion at work in us, our lives, that grace that is sealed in us by God's own Holy Spirit. Now, Ephesians is considered by many to have been a circular letter and probably was written by a disciple of Paul, not Paul. The letter was copied and sent around to several congregations in the area designed to guide these baptized be believers, these newly baptized believers, many of whom were Gentiles, into their new life as disciples of Christ. And the letter helps the newly baptized Gentiles understand what it means to be called by God to be a member of the household of faith and how Christians are to live together. It provides a specific list of behaviors to avoid. We heard some of those. And an also detailed list of behaviors to embrace, including our topic for today, kindness. The word kindness is one of the most important words in the Bible. It's found over 150 times in the Old Testament and 27 times in the New Testament, especially as fruit of the Holy Spirit's seal placed on us in baptism. 
So it's no accident that we, as God's people, are called to be kind and tender-hearted, forgiving one another, because we know that's the way God has dealt with us. It's not surprising that's the way God calls us to deal with each other and with everyone else that we encounter in God's world. Our text says we are to forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven us and even calls, goes so far as to call us to be imitators of God's kindness. It was God's kindness that led God to give humankind the responsibility to be stewards of the creation in the garden. It was God's kindness that called Abraham to the land of promise. It was God's kindness, God's tender-hearted mercy that called Moses to lead God's people from slavery to freedom. It was God's kindness God's steadfast love that sent the prophets to speak God's word to the people and call them to obedience century after century of the people turning away from God. It was God's kindness, God's courageous, intentional tenderness that sent God's son into the world to live, to die, to rise again, that through him the world might know resurrection life. One of the most powerful stories of kindness in the New Testament is the story of the Good Samaritan. You know the story. A man was robbed and beaten and left to die along the side of the road and a priest came by and a Levite came by and passed on the other side of the road. They were not kind to the wounded man. They did not help. Of all people, our Lord makes a Samaritan the hero of the story. And we know that Samaritans were hated by the Jews. The Jews would not touch the Samaritans or allow their shadow to even fall on them. Because the shadow would make them unclean. Yet it was the Samaritan who stopped, bound up his wounds, and took him to a nearby town and even paid the expenses for his care. It was the Samaritan who showed the man compassionate kindness. Our text today doesn't simply tell us to offer a gentle word to each other on Sunday morning, what we would call our southern politeness. The text presses on to define kindness as tender-hearted kindness, compassionate, forgiving kindness, kindness we know we have already received from God in Jesus Christ. Remember the words of the psalm Shannon read for us this morning. Psalm 103 says this about how God deals with us. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is God's steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far God removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. We know God's love for us in Christ is reconciling love. Reconciling love that breaks down the walls of hostility that are separating people. What might have happened in our story with the two brothers this morning if there had been reconciling love between them 
rather than literally building a wall to separate them from each other for decades. God's love for us in Christ is a costly, self-giving love that shows up in person. We know that in Christ, God comes to stand with us and by us as one of us to share our human hurt and suffering. One of the reasons I've loved this congregation for years is the way you do, in fact, show up for each other and for the community at large in your life together. For years, you've been showing up for neighbors on Saturday through Saturday Sanctuary in cold weather. More recently, you've shown up for Afghan refugees in our area, helping them with day-to-day struggles, the struggles of settling into a new country, breaking the language barrier, finding housing and employment, and a variety of details that living in a new country requires. And as members of FPCA, you show up for more than, I don't know, 10 or 12 organizations in the community that provide vitally needed services for people whose lives are shrouded in poverty and need. You show up internationally for our neighbors and siblings in Christ in Madagascar and Guatemala. And you show up for each other in myriads of ways as you care for one another in prayer, with a phone call, a text, a card, a gentle word of encouragement, a heartwarming visit, or even just a much-needed hug at the right moment. God's love for us in Christ is a renewing love, a love that forgives us and accepts us as we are and empowers us, empowers us to be the kind, tender-hearted, forgiving people God calls us to be. I'm reminded of the times in Scripture, the many times in Scripture that Jesus forgave dear Peter, the impetuous one, who so often spoke or acted before his mind was engaged. I know that about that. I think about Jesus' response to the scribes and the Pharisees who wanted to stone the woman caught in adultery when he said to them, let anyone who is uh, without sin be the first to cast a stone at her. And when they all walked away, Jesus looked at her and said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way and from now on, sin no more. And I'm reminded of the time Jesus met the woman at the well and his kind, life-giving interaction with her. Kindness is more than emotion. It's an act of the will. Kindness is a chosen gesture of love, played out not simply here in the sanctuary of our church, but also in our families, in our communities, in the public square, and in the world in which we live. My goodness, there is so much division and enmity swirling around us these days on the world scene, wars and rumors of wars in our own country, political divisions, striking workers fighting for fair pay and and benefits through multiple industries, divisions over issues such as gun control, abortion, climate change, and many more keep us divided And in local communities, school boards arguing about vaccines or library books or what history to teach our children and on and on. And you can name other walls that divide us. 
a simple act of kindness. Whether it's at church, in the grocery store, at the doctor's office, in the parking lot, or at school, a simple act of kindness is a welcome respite, a breath of fresh air in a world of chaos and divisions. A friend of mine who was the pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Brunswick, Georgia, was returning, to, um, returning on a road trip with his wife, Doris. His name was Dan Thomas. They had a flat tire on Interstate 95. It was getting dark and many people passed by. And finally, one car stopped. The driver got out and helped Dan with his car and took Dan to a nearby town to get the tire repaired. The man's wife stayed with Doris and kept her company while they were gone. When they returned with the uh, repaired tire and got it on the car, the couple started to leave and Dan thanked him for his kindness. And the man said, my religion teaches me to be kind and to help people. Well, being a Presbyterian pastor, Dan was curious about his religion and asked him, what his religion was, and he said, well, my wife and I are visiting from Sudan. We're Muslim. Beloved of God, our Ephesians challenges us to live with intentional kindness in all that we do. May we all let this text sink deeply into our hearts this week as we seek to live out its truth. Neighbors, be kind to your neighbors, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Spouses and partners, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Republicans and Democrats, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Boomers and Gen Z, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Employers, be kind to those who work for you and you who work for others. Be kind to your employers. Teachers, be kind to your students and students, be kind to your teachers. Parents, be kind to your children and children, be kind to your parents. People of God, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. And the gospel news for us this morning is that through our baptism, God has already sealed us, sealed in us the power of the Spirit to be practitioners of tender-hearted kindness with each other, and with all whom God loves. So our charge is simple. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. To this God be all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. <laughs>